0: What's up, Wang Bangers? Welcome to the E-Wang Bang Podcast, Episode 16, Everyday Commentary for Everyday People. I'm your host for today, Jeffrey Liu, and I'm here with the founder of the E-Wang Bang Podcast, Emil Wang, to talk all things Stranger Things, 2, the sequel. How you doing, Emil?
1: What's up, man? Glad to see, uh, glad to be on the other side of the podcast, for once, so. You,
0: you mean the upside down of the podcast hey, yo.
1: Yeah. yeah i got some snowflakes and or ash uh, floating around my room over here um
0: very very cool very cool and, and i walk through a vagina portal to get to you <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man oh that the imagery is great and yet so accurate Jeffrey Lou. <laughs> You in that so, mind of yours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, today we are talking uh, all things Stranger Things um, two, the uh, Netflix original series starring Winona Ryder as Joyce, David Harper David Harper as uh, Police Chief Jim Hopper, um, Millie Bobby Brown as Eleven, and reprising as the boys Finn Wolfhard as Mike Wheeler. Uh, Gatton Mazzaro as Dustin Henderson, Caleb McLaughlin as Lucas Sinclair, and uh, Noah Schnapp as Will Byers as they continue to fight the evil of the Upside Down and uh, deal with all the problems that come with growing up as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> quite true. Quite true.
0: Yeah. Uh, this uh, second season was released in late October, right before um, Halloween, and m- both me and Emil watched it just around that time, and what do you think, man? Uh, what, what what did you think about the second season?
1: Overall, I, I liked it. I, I think it's a it, it's a very enjoyable show. It's light, it's fun, it's interesting. You you stay captivated throughout, which is good. Which is what a uh, a television show that's meant to be binge watched should be uh, should be doing for you. Uh I am going to take the stance that I think the show is slightly overrated. And Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, you know, they, they picture, you know, when they think of kind of the holy grail of Netflix series, you know, that that Netflix really got it right, people say, you know, House of Cards, which Right, right. very true. Did great things, unfortunately as met For a all this uh, sex. Um, <laughs> Has definitely <laughs> met an unfortunate demise. And then the other show that people say is, uh, is in fact, Stranger Things. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of overrated. I, I think there are better shows out there. Um, I, I think in terms of this whole uh, concept of, you know, it, like, like people say that Stranger Things really capitalizes on this concept of nostalgia. Okay. Right. And... I was born in the mid '80s, okay. So by the time I remembered anything, it was already the early '90s, and the shows that we watched by then were were beginning in the '90s. I mean, I can't think of a single show that began in the mid '80s that was actually, you know, a part of our lives, right? Other than, you know, obviously cartoons, you know, Looney Tunes, all that. I know that that stuff's that stuff's old, but you know when when people talk about nostalgia people talk about the old shows the old music like that's another thing that people really try to you know ram home as being a great part of the show the 80s music the boop, 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 like background music
0: right 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 like mm-hmm.
1: that that doesn't bring out anything in me <laughs> i, I <laughs> like I, I like name and here's here's my argument when people say nostalgia when people bring up nostalgia name one show or one movie that was a big part of your life growing up and and this is this is a this is a question i ask to people born in the mid 80s you know people right. our age um, you know name one show or name one movie that that's similar to um two strangers things that you've actually seen and has been a big part of your life
0: See that's the thing. I you know I I understand your your whole point with nostalgia, but the point is even even when we were growing up in the nineties, we still saw remnants of the eighties like all throughout our childhood. For example, um, Cosby Show was a big thing when I was growing up. You know, I I watched that show even before it became syndicated. Uh, I think some sometime in the mid nineties, and I you know I grew up watching that show. I, I watched it every tuesday or friday night whenever it came on and it was a thing with my parents and the other thing too is like when when i was growing up um a lot of the movies that i grew up with were you know i mean the sequels might have come during the 90s when, you know, I, I actually remember going to the movie theater and watching them. But stuff like Back to the Future, um, that was all that all happened in 1985, which was a big thing for me, too, because that was the year that I was born. So I was like, oh, that must have been what it was like, you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, uh, the, there's uh, things like Nightmare on Elm Street that, you know, that was iconic. That was kind of the stuff that I grew up with and that, you know, kind of boiled over into the 90s from the 80s too. But, you know, all the synthesizer music and all of the the kind of notes that it's hitting for me, um, nostalgically, it's just kind of looking back into the past. past it's not necessarily, uh, you know, spot on. Hey, I remember exactly when this happened. Like, for example, in the show, uh, when the boys go to Halloween, they're all wearing the um, Ghostbusters costume. And while while I don't remember watching Ghostbusters in movie theaters, that's one of the first movies that I remember. The Stave Puff Man and, you know, The Key Master and, like, uh, The Gatekeeper, all that sort of stuff. Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. That that all kind of resonates with me. That's something that I identify with That's a part of my childhood, you know. And when the new Ghostbusters came out, you can't help but to hold it to the standard of the stuff that you grew up with. And it's not, like, a secondhand thing. You you look at your experiences from the past, you look at the quality of the stuff that is being made and then you see kind of like, oh, I totally relate to stuff that was more in the past than I do with the present now. And I I think like with all the revivals that are going on i think it's not mu- much more of like a sense of nostalgia more of just like stuff that you can relate with which is saying something because that probably means we're getting pretty fucking old at this point <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to talk to you about that so you say that uh, you know there are other better series that are out there there's better tv that's out there well, what do you mean by that i mean like i i thought it was a quality show it was a show that's worth watching but do you think Like on a uh, on on like a linear level that there are shows that are just better than this, that are more worth watching.
1: Well, um, I I actually wanted to touch on one thing. But before we get to that, I kind of want to tie up the nostalgia uh, discussion that that, you know, you, you made some really good points that it's something that we identify with. And, and I and I agree from the perspective that you know us being fans of um, you know Ghostbusters, us being fans of Star Wars, you know um, us playing Dungeons and Dragons before, like all of these things are very relatable from our from our own experiences. But right. when it comes to nostalgia as in the filmmaking itself, I I, I don't see it. Like I I, I really I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen enough of the, these uh, these films before, but um, you know, I, I mean, I've definitely watched all of them
0: at some point just because they were classics. But I mean, I mean, you know, like on that point though, uh, you didn't get the kind of like grain gritty feeling from this i mean most of the other series that we're watching right now you know they're all shiny they're all very glossy most of them take place in cities and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh you know the the old school main street um main street usa Mm -hmm. type of feel doesn't really exist anymore because it doesn't really exist in the time that we're living in main street Mm -hmm. usa is kind of like it's it's kind of a unicorn you can drive everywhere and it's really difficult to find a place that feels like that anymore but when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s i I feel as though you know anytime you left uh suburbia and just went a little bit you know 20 minutes east to to wherever closer to a little bit of farmland you did still see those little towns you know with with uh with random people that were that were there and then you know much much less populated areas so i I mean i don't think it's necessary and I mean if you look at strange things in the filmmaking too it's also a little bit tiny um, the co- the colors are a lot more muted um, mm-hmm. it's just the overall sensation you know this is this is kind of a era that's gone past and we don't know I don't know that we can recreate it super accurately without going you know on a set or something like that everything is fabricated mm-hmm. um, I, I feel as though this was I mean this felt like it was shot on location somewhere Mm-hmm. Um, this, this was shot in a real town somewhere, and it, it all kind of felt organic. Not, nothing felt like terribly artificial in the setting of the place. I mean, you know you, you can say what you want about the CGI and the upside down and whatnot. But mm-hmm. overall with, with these kids growing up, it was like, wow, you know like I could totally remember kind of growing mm-hmm. up something like that. You know, we rode around the neighborhood with our bikes. Everybody was safe. You know, nobody wore helmets. Like you had to call to each other's houses to find out where anybody was. I, I think that's what they're they're pushing with the whole '80s feel of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. They, they, so I, I think it, it kind of comes back to you know maybe may, it's the nostalgia of the experience. Oh yeah, not, absolutely. Not not so much the nostalgia of the film.
0: So Emil, what I mean, like when what you were saying earlier that you feel as though even though this is good tv that there is better tv out there there are better series out there kind of on a linear level that you know this hits a certain quality point it it passes a certain threshold but that there are absolutely series that are better than this and i wanted to know uh you know what 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 series are you watching now or what series in the past have you seen that you know quality wise story wise have been better than stranger things and why do you think it's overrated
1: yeah, the motherfucking Iron Fist, man. If you want to see some quality uh, series, uh, go watch watch that. January, <laughs> in fact, let me sh- let me shut down this podcast right now. Let me put that shit back on. Um, you, better, you better
0: focus your chi first,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll say this, I and this kind of goes back to the, you know, I, I know you wanted to talk about this later, and I think we'll we'll exp- you know, we'll expand on it later, but. Stranger Things benefits from being a, a show that you binge, right? You don't have to wait the week in between each episode. Uh, you don't you don't have the opportunity to, to sit back, digest what happened, analyze the TV show, and then you know, and then kind of think to yourself, okay, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? Uh, what did you want to see more of? You know, like all of these gaps are just kind of covered because you're just blowing through the series, right? So my point with Stranger Things is that, you know, you – or I guess my my problem with Stranger Things is um, that everything happens very, very fast, but really altogether they don't accomplish a whole lot, right? Like Stranger Things 2 probably occurs over the course of maybe a week in terms of actual time, maybe two weeks. Uh, I mean I – Honestly, it, it it's such a short amount of time. and you know maybe that's why it's you know you, you can binge it because it it you, know, you you're almost part of that timeline because everything happens so fast. But you know, you take a show like Breaking Bad, right? So Breaking Bad, you know that's still surprisingly, you know it, it's six seasons, but it really only occurs over the course of two years. I mean, you went week to week with that television show. And you had, and, and, and it's a slow TV show too, right? I mean, there's certain there's certain uh, episodes where really nothing happens. I mean, you, you think about the, you know, my my example is uh, the episode where uh, Jesse and Walt are cooking for Gus Spring and there's a fly that's going around the inside of uh, the inside of their meth lab, and literally nothing happens in terms of developing the story. Maybe you know a couple things here or there. But yet, it still fits very well into the series. It, it develops characters. It, it it gives you a moment to you know kind of step back and reflect on okay, you know what, what each of these characters have been through, what they've suffered, um, and how that contributes to the storyline. And, and, and that's the thing when when you when you have a television show that goes week to week, like every single episode is under so much more scrutiny. That so much
0: pressure. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. To deliver, Right. 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 That that, you know, they they, you know, like you said, it, it it has it has to deliver, you know, and that might contribute to why 30 like 35 only 35 percent of television shows get renewed versus Netflix is, I think, 70 percent uh, of shows that get renewed is because they're held to a different kind of standard. The the critics, the the audience have different um you know, different times to, you know, digest, right? Like, cause right. if, if, if Breaking Bad made, you know, even, you know, th- two or three straight bad episodes, right. no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a, what a story, Mark. If they, if they made th- three bad episodes, you can easily lose steam because that is almost one month of audience viewers that were not satisfied Right, as opposed to you know a, a Netflix show that you binge watch that you know if you're not satisfied with one boom move on to the next you know you you solve that problem an hour later, so right. when it comes to to quality filmmaking or, or or television show series making I think, well I know that you know TV has done it so much better than than some of these Netflix.
0: I mean, so on that though, I I feel as though for Stranger Things ultimately. On a season-by-season basis, they're dealing primarily with one crisis. And that's what drives all of the characters together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in Breaking Bad, you're kind of doing a character study of a man who's losing it. And yes, mm-hmm. there are plot points that drive it forward. But I think it's not so much the plot points that that keep you going. It's, it's watching heisenberg's development you know over the course of six seasons mm-hmm. and i think that you're able to draw out a lot more of the characteristics there when you know that you have a you a you have a network that's going to support you no matter what fx because mm. this is stuff that you know, uh, amc FX, a, amc wait breaking bad was on amc yep oh
1: yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, I right. Like, I mean, so yeah. Both it, kind it's, of the, the grittier. Uh,
0: yeah, it's the grittier. It's the grittier thing. I mean, look at how, how long Walking Dead has been going on, and and that, and they have not had a very strong season in a long time at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's knowing that like you have that network support that allows you to expand creatively. Because honestly, there are some Breaking Bad episodes where I have to just stop it in the middle because it is such a slow burn for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to come back and I watch it, and ultimately I do enjoy the episode. But you know, for for the purposes of getting you know uh, a buy on a week by week basis, looking at an episode, it's really hard to say like, hey, you know, I watched that Breaking Bad episode last week. If it's gonna be another, if it's gonna be another episode like that, I might not tune in again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and ultimately for me, I didn't finish Breaking Bad uh, on a month by month or a week by week basis. It was a it was kind of a binge as well, you know. Mm-hmm. I I sat down with with Netflix and and just pushed through everything. And I mean, mm-hmm. and sometimes it was hard because it's an hour long commitment. Um, yeah. Every time you every time you watch that show, and especially if it's a slow show, if it was something about like uh, Skyler, Skyler, exactly. Yeah. Anything you know? with Skyler and, in it. You just anything with Skyler in it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Anything that had that kind of like slow slow rolling tension that was mm. just uncomfortable to watch. I I had to shut it down sometimes mm. because I was just like. I don't have time for this. You know, like Mm. I came here, I came here to relax and watch an entertaining show. And I mean, I think it's a little bit different for stranger things too, because the way that they go about character development, like it's, it's ultimately a plot driven storyline you know you ultimately need to find out how they're going to go and defeat the shadow monster but they have all these cool little side stories and we're going to get into this later they have all these cool little side stories where they go into where they actually do go into character development you know Mm -hmm. um yeah and and it's a problem too because we're not kids anymore we're both in our 30s at this point and you're Mm -hmm. watching the character developments of children essentially the only the only two adults that we can like really connect with are Winona Ryder and, and David Harbour and they're a little bit outside of our mm. um, our age mm. range too, but we look at them and then we, we probably will have the same feelings like why are these stupid kids doing stupid shit you know mm-hmm. but yeah. like when, when you see how the kids characters are developing I think that that's like a really big thing I think that's like uh, showing it, it's kind of conde- it, it, it's kind of expanding a um, movie a coming of age movie and expanding it over thirteen episodes and sometimes it hits sometimes it misses but ultimately mm. I think. You know, over the course of two seasons, I think you've seen a great deal of character development. I mean, especially with one of the characters, Steve. But, you know, we'll get we'll get Mm -hmm. into that later. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to I wanted to talk about one last thing before uh, we leave how we generally feel about the show. Um, Mm You know, this show was developed for people like us who grew up in the mid 80s and even maybe, uh, an age group that was slightly older than we are. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, anywhere to, you know, early 40s or really late 30s. Um, Mm -hmm. but the stranger things is a hit with millennials. Mm -hmm. It's a hit with the younger generations and it's, it's, um, it's not necessarily developed for them because they didn't go about. They didn't have any inkling of the '80s. They were at least a decade removed from it when they were born and you know mm-hmm. when they were growing up. So why do you think that? Uh, you know, kids of that generation still cling on to Stranger Things so strongly. You know, they didn't grow up with Dungeons and Dragons either, really. I mm-hmm. mean, Dungeons and Dra- the Dungeons and Dragons and the whole, you know, magic and like all the sorcery stuff. Wh- that's a really recent revival. So I, want, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on why you think this is such a hit with Millennials.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I think, uh, one, you know, Millennials think anything vintage is great. <laughs> um, you know, so like like hipsters, right? You think like right. the the concept of being a hipster is going back to your roots and old school, like vinyl. You know, like vinyl is like the coolest thing, right? Vinyls, you know, vinyls from the eighties, right? So roller skating, I'm sure roller skating is going to make you know make its way back because it's it, it's iconic, like, it. yeah. yeah, yeah, and people will you know I think millennials will look at it and be like, oh man, that that's so cool, like I want to do that too, like. But but I I think the other thing that I wanted uh, that would kind of make the uh, millennials would kind of make the uh, millennials latch onto is um, is is it's fresh, it's vintage, but it's also fresh, right? There there hasn't been a movie made like this in a while, and I you know the your uh or i mean your tv show or a movie made like this in a while right i mean you think about your goonies or your stand by me's or right you know, stand by me man <laughs> yeah like you know you're, you're kind of um you know your 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 children uh that are that are out for an adventure kind of show and they they surf uh, ninjas, <laughs> surf ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> or three ninjas or three you ninjas. Know, any of those like you know like uh, group of ragtag kids out on an adventure, you don't right. have movies like that anymore, right? Like, I feel like Nickelodeon isn't making your uh, your, your children's movies anymore like that. Right. Um, you know, like, movies that are made for children are typically animated. Um, or they're... Uh, or, you know, they have adults in there that, are, that you know... that Usually those movies are centered around children, but there, but there's a lot of adults in there kind of carrying right. the show. So, so the fact that you you know, you have the show that has very, very talented children actors in it right. um, that kind of push the story along. I, I, I think that's something that, you know, your, your quote unquote millennials would uh, w- would like to be, you know, the, would like to be a
0: part of, I guess. Right. I mean, I, I got to ask you, I, I mean, do you think that this fills a gap in ah. when when we were growing up? Uh, I think it was just, you know, even on Disney, you, I think there was an investment in the coming of age, like uh, uh, TV media programming spot. You know, when, when we were coming of age, there was the Wonder Years, there was Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. there was Batman the Animated Series. There was all there was this like set of programming that. You know, even though it was childlike in nature, it was still mature enough to make us think about adult themes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, you know, I really think that there's a dearth of that now. I mean, if you look at the, I, I mean, you you have either really immature cartoons, mm-hmm. just like uh, you know, uh, catering to the ages between like five and eight, and mm-hmm. or and then you make that kind of like big big jump. Um, towards uh, oh, or you know you have animation that's like between five and eight, and you have Disney Channel, which I think is really awful. Like the mm-hmm. program, the programming for Disney Channel has just been terrible. As hey, of wh- why, why are you
1: hating on uh, Homecoming for Wendy Wu?
0: See, but I mean that's that's the thing. Even <laughs> even Wendy Wu, Wendy Wu was over a decade ago at this point. What you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're we're old man, and mm-hmm. Wendy Wu. I mean that that was a sh- that was kind of like on the decline. What you mm-hmm. was still kind of quality um programming you still kind of had you know stars like uh like the hannah montana type of things and and mm-hmm. even hannah montana wasn't terribly well written it was just they, they were just relatable characters at that point mm-hmm. but i feel as though at, at now you know you you see some of the chat you see some of the programming that's on that's on disney channel that's on uh, and i think that that might maybe may be the only programming that there is for these like you know, late elementary school up to junior high school kids. I, I don't think that there's anything else in in this like transitional period where kids have anything to relate to. And I think this really fills that gap because mm-hmm. I I really don't see anything else um, really hitting it. There, there's no respect for that 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 mm-hmm. age range anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. And so, like, even though. Even though the millennials and didn't play Dungeons and Dragons as kids, or didn't right. you know use a VHS uh, hand <laughs> cam to, to record right. stuff, you know I, I think they are still able to find their ways to relate. Um, I, I, I get that. I, I think you know everybody likes the, the feeling of you know going on an adventure with your friends. Oh yeah. Right. So. And, and and now the only movies that are like that are your stupid like. You know, uh, long night like hangover, you know, type movies yeah. where it's yeah. adults getting drunk. You know, a fat person falling flat on their face and then Man standing up be. and saying, "I'm okay." You know.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, Bri- like I
0: like. Bridesmaids and Hangover.
1: Oh yeah, Bridesmaids, yeah. Hangover. Uh, Joan uh, Scarlett Johansson was in some shit movie that. Lady, was, Ladies' night or something. Ladies' like that, night, I mean. yeah. Uh, Pitch Perfect, one, two, and three, <laughs> all dog shit. I guarantee you, I don't even need to watch it. Um, but yeah, like you you know you've really lost your you know these kind of buddies going out on a on a on an innocent adventure, right? Should, I mean a, a, as you know to mature. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And, and as you know as kind of scary and as you know um, as kind of what their adventure entailed, it, it still was more or less an innocent adventure for these kids, right? right. They, they didn't they didn't rely on these like these silly tropes of, you know, getting drunk or, you know, uh, or or facing, you know, divorce or, that's not a silly trope, but I'm saying like, you know, these very, very like adult themes that, that are, they're just like so easy to to play that card. You know, the guy gets drunk.
0: Yeah. They're the only devices that, that some of these movies are using now to push a plot forward. There's no, there's no personal motivation at that point. You know, like we've, I, I feel as though as, as we look at this type of programming it, it kind of just shows that at an early age we lost our drive to go seek out that type of adventure without you know taking something that 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 dulls all of our all of our fears and everything like that mm-hmm. i think I think as children we've kind of forgotten how to be not afraid of stuff you know to, mm-hmm. to go out and just venture into stuff that's unknown everything's so kind of like risk managed at this point
1: mm-hmm. right right and, and this might kind of drive the the conversation into into the plot but one thing that i i like about the children's kind of subplot is their their motivations to get will back are are kind of are still different than Jonathan and um and uh, Joyce Byers right cuz jo- right. Jonathan and Joyce Byers they they want their family member back right. right like you know this is their son this is their brother you know they like a big part of their life i think for the kids you know they they want their friend back but but it's kind of like you know they they want their friend back so they can play dungeons of dragons
0: yeah it's a quest it's a quest yeah, to get that it the... really is like yeah. a quest right
1: and, and and the funny thing is that they you know they kind of go about doing these things without involving parents exactly. because to them it, it's just just kind of like ah you know something like they don't really grasp the consequences of going after this
0: monster you know but see or... that's what's great about it because you okay. they're not they're not drinking they're not mm. you know taking drugs they're not using you know um a a terrible moment in their lives as as an excuse to act stupid it's because they're kids and honestly as kids we were kind of stupid and we went out and did these things and you know we rolled around in the dirt sometimes we got hurt and sometimes we didn't but it was kind of that and sometimes i made you cry exactly (laughs) sometimes you go to the basketball court and there's just a bully there that won't leave you alone (laughs) hey i left you
1: alone you kept on wanting to play (laughs) okay
0: okay i got the stories reversed i was making my i was making up my own origin story (laughs) no but i mean like i i i feel as though there is a there's a dearth of that now um and there's there's a lack of real heroes there's a there's a lack of real courage um that's shown on television now everything's gritty everything's you know, ultra realistic and pragmatic. I mean, honestly, you wouldn't ever see this in the modern era. You know, Joyce would lose her damn mind, you know, and call all the police people, uh, you know, if if Joyce was a modern day mom, you know, in in something, a series like that, and, you know, they would catch them right before uh, they went and did something and then everybody would be okay. I I just don't, I, I don't feel as though, there there's that in the real world anymore, which is why this is such like a a compelling, a compelling series.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: I agree. Well, well, let's, let's dig into the plot here. And, uh, when I say plot, I use that term very loosely because there are plots. (laughs) There are like, like 10, 10 different stories that are going on here. I mean, when, when, when we opened up, um, Stranger Things and I played the first episode. I was like, "The hell are they doing in like in Philadelphia?"
1: Right oh now? yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, do you do you want to start at this season's low point? Because I, I would love to trash that 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 storyline.
0: I'm gonna save that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna save the new X Men series for, <laughs> for later. But um, you know, uh, I, I honestly thought for for 15 minutes or so that we were in. We were watching the wrong series. It
1: yeah. was.
0: It wasn't until I saw the uh, the tattoo on the on the Indian girl's arm as mm-hmm. um, as eight uh, yeah. before I I figured it out. I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. There's more than one of them. Yeah,
1: but, and then uh, yeah, yeah, the nosebleed is what you know.
0: Yeah, we set me. it off for you. Yeah. Uh but. Uh, You know, there's so many plots, um, and so, so much to cover. Let's, let's take first, um, what my favorite, uh, what my favorite development was, which was, um, the return of Eleven. Because, uh, if you recall at the end of season one, she got lost in the upside down. She sacrificed herself to save the boys, and then we didn't know whether or not she had made it out. And, you know, um, not super early on in the in the first episode but towards the end of the first episode we we, we were all holding our breath to see whether or not 11 had uh, you know made it out the other side and we you know at the very end we, you finally see her just for the briefest of moments for like a minute or two and mm. you didn't know what to expect and you know she has this whole new adventure that she's going off kind of on her own so let's talk yeah. about, about that for a second um, yeah. what, what did you think about Eleven's development as a character?
1: So I I think um, they the Duffer Brothers you know they could have they they could have improved on Eleven's whole storyline if they kept the fact that she was coming back a secret like they could have hidden the fact that she was she was still alive because are you, you talking know, like.
0: a... John Snow Game of Thrones situation like we we don't know if uh, Kit Harrington's coming back next season mm. like Billy Bobby Brown got fired from the series or something.
1: Yeah. yeah you're like oh yeah there were, there were creative differences uh Billy, yeah, Billy Bobby Brown you know she she was uh, kind of a bitch on set <laughs> so like, the Duffer Brothers wouldn't have it and now uh, she's back she in a her diva.
0: she was also always demanding uh, imported <laughs> water from Finland it, it was terrible it was terrible
1: Dude, but that would be hilarious right that they make up this complete subplot that like she was a total bitch you know hard to work with and then like and then uh you know and then she like comes out at the end of like the series and saves everybody and then you know everyone's like ah, i gotcha like you know this is like the secret <laughs> the whole time and that, that'd be a great twist and you know yeah. that, that'd be a conversation for another time but I, I i think the fact that you know she like literally the after the events of season one where she blows the Demogorgon up she literally just gets teleported into the upside down and then crawls out of the, the vagina yeah. <laughs> portal into the real world like five minutes later. You're like so she really didn't go anywhere, right? No, <laughs> like she, didn't. she didn't She didn't go on some like, you know, spiritual adventure in the you know, the upside down. But, yeah. and, and honestly, like she may has may as well have just done that. Right? Yeah. Her whole subplot could have been that and it would have been it would have been that cool. it would have made the series that much more interesting because yeah. it would explore the upside down a lot more. It would explore her connection with the upside down more. Um, but instead, you know, they 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 chose the path of developing her and Hopper, um, which you, you know I, I, I can see why they did it. You know, you 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 you're going for that Logan right. and. Uh, you know, thirteen or whatever. X twenty three, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. X twenty three. You know, father daughter relationship. They should
0: they um, should have bought the rights to Johnny Johnny Cash hurt, man. That would have been that would have been perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I I think that um, they really spent a little too much time on the uh, on the eleven story arc. I think um, you know her and Hopper. Like, like I said, it, I get it. Like, they, I get why they wanted to do it, <laughs> uh, but they they didn't need to spend that much time on it, um, especially since there's so many other things that need to be explored, that need to be developed. I mean, like, I get it. You know, she survived. She has to be hidden. She wants to get out.
0: Wait, Hopper wait, wait. Hold her. up, hold up, hold up. We're not just talking about Eleven and Hopper, though. We're, we're also talking about her finding her real mom, finding out the uh, the... The reason why she has her powers and everything like that, you know, the whole whole subplot of her going on a solo adventure as a girl, which is, you know, it's kind of unheard of. You know, usually Mm -hmm. the girl is I, I mean, Eleven is still the token girl kind of in this series um mm. you know except for mad max but mm. uh, you yeah. know she goes on her own solo adventure she's a fucking badass you know yeah. uh, she she leaves town for half a second to to set up the spin off for stranger things oh, God. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> please that 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 show better not happen <laughs>
0: stranger in philadelphia stranger it's always, in it's always stranger in philadelphia <laughs> 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 oh god that, that'd be the the best combo ever okay oh, but god. let's 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 roll it back real quick then uh i, I mean i think that 11 it, i think that the development between 11 and dave and uh and uh the chief was um, chief hopper was good well, it was great but i think that was a relatively small part of the series uh, um mm-hmm. or this her season car-
1: overall. her character arc yeah.
0: her character arc i think ultimately um what david harbor and 11. Established was that they trusted each other and that Mm -hmm. they're both characters that lacked that in the past. You know, Mm -hmm. um, Hopper was kind of a distant, um, you know, very macho sort of lone wolf character and Mm -hmm. and had just started working with others again in Mm -hmm. season one. But in season two, he has to he basically has to learn to raise A daughter and, you know, it's the daughter that he lost earlier on in his life. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it, it kind of, it follows a stereotype. It's, it's kind of a movie trope. You know, it's the Mm -hmm. whole, um, the last of us, the whole Logan, um, Mm -hmm. you know, X23 relationship, just like you said. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they all through adversity, they become closer, but like beyond that, you know, beyond that story, which is sweet, but predictable. I mean, I think that one of the best things about this um, this uh, season was seeing Eleven kind of develop as a real girl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to experience jealousy when uh, he uh, when she sees Mike and Mad Max just hanging out, and it's a completely innocent um, mm-hmm. session between um, Mike and, Mad Ma- and uh, Max. And yeah. I I thought that was like I thought that was really touching because. You know, we, I don't think that you, you and I have experienced that in a long time. And that, and that kind of, you know, it, it's, it's stuff that like, wow, you know, they did this, uh, they did this in a way that I, I know I've seen this before in, in my childhood. You know, I, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what was going on, um, through girls' minds back then, but now I kind of see, um, she kind of feels abandoned, um, throughout the season, but it's of no fault of, know any of the guys because they're all still looking out for her there's like a a budding romance between her and mike even though there's all this time and distance that have passed at this point i just think that this like i don't think that there are that many stories out there of girls coming of age um Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a big thing, you know. Um, I mean, not lately, anyways. You you have the whole sixteen candles, the Molly Ringwald thing, mm-hmm. the Breakfast Club. Um, when we were growing up, but we mm-hmm. don't have that so much now. You know, girls are expected, I think, to be very mature. All of a sudden, they they're they're expected to 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 kind of jump into an adult role much earlier in their lives, mm-hmm. and you know that this sort of stuff is is looked down upon or or it's not it's not celebrated in a particular way, but. I think that the way that they approached um, uh, Eleven's character, kind of—I mean, it's kind of an orphan—and mm-hmm. um, with David Har—with David Harbor as um, Hopper, I-, I think it's kind of like dealing with her as a as a, uh, a child who's getting raised in a single parent household and all that sort of stuff. I think it just touches on a lot of issues that are really relevant here today, and they did it in such a subtle way, and I really, really appreciated that because it wasn't like. Oh, you know, we're gonna make Eleven a super dramatic character. It's just that this is how people grow up. These are how kids grow up, and this is specifically how a girl, you know, at any point, any time, even now, will grow up, and it's the same type of emotions and and feelings that they're dealing with. And I really appreciated that. I, I don't think that there's enough programming out there that that kind of explores this, and I think it was done really well for you know something that. Ha- has been absent from our tele- from, from television series for so long.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't know about you, but I still get jealous when girls skateboard in circles around you.
0: Well, where's our TV series?
1: Where's my moment of jealousy? Let, exactly. let me fight off your wife. Let me fight off Leslie. Right? <laughs> no, okay. she can't cook for you. I cook for you. <laughs>
0: no, 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 please please don't, I've tasted your cookie before
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're right